One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. An Elio's original. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out Who's to blame? They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and I am The Alarmist. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today we're discussing biosphere 2. Here's what you need to know. It's one of the most exciting scientific experiments of this century. It's going to yield a great deal about our Earth here and it has applications beyond our own globe. We have shown that biospheres, synthetic biospheres, can be used as laboratories for environmental and ecological studies and can support human beings for space applications. In 1984, a privately funded company announced its plan to build biosphere 2, an airtight structure designed to replicate Earth's ecosystems and supply a group of humans with the air, water, and food they needed to survive. In case you're wondering, Biosphere 1 was considered to be the Earth itself. Biosphere 2's origin story begins with John P. Allen, a Renaissance man who founded a performance group called the Theater of All Possibilities in the late 60s. The group's mission was to change the world, and in 1969, 
that led them to New Mexico, where they founded Synergia Ranch. One of their many eclectic endeavors was to transform the ranch into a self-sufficient homestead, which included a geodesic dome. Later projects included the founding of an art gallery and building a ship from scratch, which they used to sail around the world, researching Earth's ecosystems. Along the way, the group gained the support of a wealthy Texan named Ed Bass, and it was Bass who founded the joint venture with Allen called Space Biosphere Ventures, the company that would bring the groundbreaking scientific experiment to life. The main goals of Biosphere 2 were to provide education, develop eco-technology, and learn more about the Sphere's Ecolab. They also hoped to help NASA in researching life support systems for long-term space missions. Biosphere 2 would be totally self-sufficient once sealed off and house 3,800 species of plants and animals in addition to humans. Construction of the biodome lasted from 1987 to 1991 in the Arizona desert. On September 26, 1991, a crew of eight people entered the biodome for their first mission. They spent most of their days farming, researching, doing maintenance and cooking. Only two weeks after entering the dome, a biospherian named Jane Pointer cut off the tip of her finger. She was initially treated by the resident surgeon, but later released from the biosphere for further treatment. Upon re-entry, it was discovered that Pointer had brought a duffel bag full of supplies with her, including computer parts and camera film. Later, they learned that other staffers were being given supplies from outside the enclosed system. Troubles mounted as they struggled to maintain food supply and low oxygen levels made it hard to breathe. There was also a significant amount of tension building among the crew, which fractured the leadership and contributed to low morale. By November of 1992, the hungry biospherians had resorted to eating seed stalks that had been grown outside of the biosphere. The first mission ended on September 26, 1993, completing its two-year goal, but not without controversy, after reports of outside supplies and supplemental oxygen being pumped into the biodome soured public, as well as expert opinion of the project, among other unanticipated problems. A second mission began in March of 1994. All seemed to be going according to plan until Bass abruptly fired Allen and his team. They were replaced by Steve Bannon, Yes, the Steve Bannon, who at the time was a Beverly Hills investment banker. Biosphere 2 was hemorrhaging money, and Bannon couldn't save it in the end. The crew of the second mission tried to keep the experiment running amidst several lawsuits and quiet settlements, but the mission was shut down on September 6, only six months after it started. Space Biosphere's Ventures was dissolved, and a deal was made with Columbia University to take over operations of Biosphere 2, which was never used for another closed system experiment again. Fun Facts, aka Death Stats. Biosphere 2 is located in Oracle, Arizona, nearly 4,000 feet above sea level. It took four years and nearly $200 million to build Biosphere 2, which includes seven biome areas. 
a 20,000 square foot rainforest, a 9,100 square foot ocean with a coral reef, a 4,800 square foot mangrove wetland, a 14,000 square foot savanna grassland, a 15,000 square foot fog desert, and two anthropogenic biomes, one 27,000 square foot agricultural system, and a human habitat with living spaces, labs, and workshops. Biosphere 2 was only used twice for its original purpose as a closed system experiment. With us today, we have producer Clayton Early. Hello, everyone. Fact checker Chris Smith. Hi. And our very special guest today is Ethan Edenberg, musician, comedian, and host of The Good, The Bad, and The Science. Hi, Ethan. Hey there. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, oh, delighted. <laughs> no, we are. Uh, no. No. <laughs> Not going to fight about this, guys. <laughs> Oh my I'm god. Sorry, sorry, sorry. We've already we're, started. This is so the, controversial. We're in the biosphere of this podcast and we need to get along. <laughs> um Ethan, could you uh start off by giving our listeners a, a little uh just a recap of the good, the bad and the science? Sure. The Good, the Bad, and the Science uh, is a podcast where we break down the science of television and movies with a comedian and a scientist. <laughs> so that's pretty much the thing. You know, we it's just a, a launching pad to basically take a deep dive into whatever the science of that episode is. So it's like if we're doing like a Star Wars movie, we'll have like a NASA physicist on and I'll just ask them about, you know, th their life and if things are actually accurate or plausible in Star Wars. And then a comedian joins me just to keep things really fun. Oh, I, I mean, what a great concept. We've we've dabbled a little bit in that when we've covered Jaws and when we've covered Jurassic Park. Um, nice. And, you know, it's just so nice to talk to smart people. Oh, the best. The best. I mean, uh, it's, a, it's a highway. It's a straight shot into making you feel like a moron. That's for sure, yeah. because I get to experience that every week. But it is nice to know that maybe some of this I am absorbing and gaining some sort of knowledge as well. That's a hopeful thought. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, thank I, you. I don't feel that way personally with any of these things but i'm it's nice to know there are people out there with that hope yeah optimistic <laughs> yes so ethan we like to start uh, you know ask all of our guests who come on the show what is something that is recently alarming you what is something oh, that man. is keeping you up at night I mean, I got to say, I, I, I'm a pretty balanced guy. I try not to get worked up about too much because it's so easy to You're do so. you me. Hell yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> I got to say, this whole anti-vax attitude, I really can't get over. It, mm. it. Every time it comes up, it's like equally frustrating. And, you know, as many of you probably, I have people in my life mm. that still don't have it and have their own reasonings for it, you know. And again, I'm talking to scientists every week. So it's like I'm, I'm hearing it straight from their mouths uh, and not just, you know, the news and social media and stuff. So it's really tough to have like a normal conversation without, you know, talking about the elephant in the room a little bit. Like trying to ignore that for me is not getting any easier. I don't know if it ever will. But I like Ethan. that you explained. I like that you explained as a capital A like attitude. It's an anti-vax attitude that these people have. 
Yeah, like, I mean, like knock off that attitude. <laughs> they're taking a stance on it for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and I I don't know how to combat it. Ethan, they have to do their own research. They're right, still not, of course. you know? <laughs> yeah, no, of course. And even before and during and after, it seems like they have their mind made up, regardless what the research is. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. I It's just, I, I guess that's, that's something that uh, alarms me for sure. I, I mean, just speaking as like, I, I try to remain somewhat optimistic about the human race, but every year of my life, I think that trickles down a little mm. bit more mm. and I get a little bit more concerned as like, how are we, the fact that we're even all alive today is already such a miracle, but now seeing all of this in real time, like all the people that lived in America that lived through Trump for four years and then still voted for him. And then now it's all basically the same amount of people, coincidence or not, that don't want to get the vaccine. It's like, how are we going to survive the next hundred years? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, this is just the perfect segue. Speaking of the survival of the human race, Mm -hmm. I think we should dive in to speaking about who's to blame for Biosphere 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And before we even start, um, did you guys like the transition? I'm I'm actually really well Hell known yeah. for my terrible transitions, so I really feel like that was a good one. <laughs> that was a good segue, and um, Rebecca, she she always checks in with us to see how the segue was, and this one was good. I think we should just. I didn't that was think. A, yeah, I felt very taken care of, so I'm not even worried about it. I think you should feel really strong about that. <laughs> yep, I okay. would say it was like a 9.2 segue. I mean, I literally was hearing like a choom in my head as you were. <laughs> That's the only thing that would have made it a 10.0 is if you actually had that as well. We'll add it in post. We'll add it in post. Oh, so I'll retake that. That was a 10.0 segue. 10.0. Thanks for that. Holy crap. So I I just feel like to get us in the mood, I want to talk about the things that were actually inside this biosphere too. Now, okay, wait, 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 rewind. Did you e- did you guys even hear about Biosphere Two? Hmm. No, growing Zero. up. Oh, okay. I remember vaguely recall yes, like news snippets and stuff like that. Like when I was younger, um, mm. I, I do vaguely remember Biosphere Two, and then of course I remember the movie um, Biodome. Biodome. That's I never the only watched thing that movie. Yeah, yeah, but but it, I'm I'm assuming it's inspired by Biosphere Two, um, but. So, I mean, what a crazy experiment inside this biosphere, just to give you an example of what is inside is 850 square miles of coral reef, a 450 square mile mangrove marsh, a 1,900 square mile Amazonian rainforest, 1,300 square Square miles. You're saying square miles. It's square feet. Square miles. It says here square miles. Hang on. That's so big. <laughs> that can't be. And also, can I ask this off the bat? How do you have an Amazonian rainforest somewhere else? Is that technically allowed? Uh, right. I, you ha- <laughs> you know I, I mean? don't know. I, I, I mean... With signs. You put up signs that say this is Amazonian. Amazonian. Beware. <laughs> Beware. <laughs> okay. It's um, like lowercase a Amazon. Um, there's a 13... 13- Rebecca, it's yes? square... Square mi- square feet, feet is so sh- small, Chris. Rebecca, but you're, you're, look, think about this way. Look. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like two thousand miles to get across the United States. There's no it's way it's that big. Okay, well, whatever. Look, just so you know, there's a, a, a rainforest. There's a savanna grassland. Wait, 
square feet, Chris. <laughs> yeah, square feet. That's like a big living room per thing you're talking about. Is that right? Am I right on yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, it's much larger than that. Um, but like oh, 50,000 so. square feet is like, that's like a mansion. So oh, that, I, I heard 1,000 square feet for something, so I'm wrong. 1,900 square f- miles. Square meters. <laughs> Of rainforest, oh <laughs> which is twenty. Fact check the fact. One thousand. I'm literally looking at the Wikipedia oh. page right now. Okay. Everyone's well, scrolling like forty minutes from now, and we're still going on about how big is this? Look, uh, th- there's also a fog desert. There's a tropical agricultural system with farm and human habitat with living quarters, offices, and recreational spaces. Heating and cooling water circulated through the biosphere in independent piping systems and electrical power was supplied to the biosphere from a natural gas energy center located outside the biosphere through airtight penetrations. So it's complicated. It's this is a it's, it's a pretty legit setup. Yeah. And and honestly, the whole the whole thing about this biosphere is it's as if people like us, maybe a little smarter, maybe some some of you know, a little smarter than us, created a biosphere. I mean <laughs> Ethan, you seem like a smart guy, but I, I think I can Thank safely you. say that n- none of us would be able to do this. That's what I'm saying. If the four of us are in charge, maybe Ethan can take, maybe he can I got take this. the lead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I could make this Biosphere no problem. And I would have had a way better name than Biosphere 2, considering there's no Biosphere 1 or that there stupid is. excuse. It's the planet. That's, it's, that's <laughs> a Earth. terrible. No, dude. No. Sorry. Unless you're making Earth 2, which is the size of the planet, right. you don't get to call your thing <laughs> something 2. You don't get to sneak in a name change for earth quickly no before you make a sequel of it yeah just call it name it after yourself or whatever call it the kevin biosphere or some shit and that's fine also what the hell is a fog desert can we just kind of skimmed over that what does that mean uh the fact checker chris is gonna get on that uh, that. because i also do not know what that is and while he's doing that i think we should start by putting white hippie idealism and slash delusion perhaps Mm-hmm. Up on the board. Um, okay. Up on the cork board. Yeah. It's, yep. you know, all, we could also call it uh, 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 an alarmist fan favorite name, Dirty Hippies and Their Hula Hoops. Um, mm. we, could, we could call it that. But I feel like this white hippie idealism is important to discuss. This is according to LA Times in 1994. The Biosphere 2 project operated formally by a company called Space biosphere ventures run by bass augustine and allen this is john allen who was the leader of the group was it was a volatile blend of new age idealism and corporate sophistication there was bass the second son of the fort worth bass family which was which has amassed holdings worth several billion dollars there was yeah there was alan the restless son of an oklahoma farmer who harbored a store of visionary ideas on how to save the environment or at least through space age arcs such as biosphere survive its destruction um The uh, Daily Beast said the synergists, John Allen's group, the synergists. Okay, this is we have to understand they were part. They were a theater company, essentially. (laughs) Okay, that's insane. 
they they had a theater group. They were like they sat around in San Francisco when every when it seemed like everyone else was sitting around in San Francisco being like, what should we do? We're a group. Um, and they decided that they were uh, not just going to do theater, but they were going to focus on the environment and, and uh, making the world a better place. <laughs> they wanted to do um, something groundbreaking. <laughs> Oh no! Well, I just can't. I just can't stand when people, in the name of environmentalism, do something that's worse for the environment. You know, like this does not seem to me that it's going to help the environment at all to make your own biodome. You know, like right. if you just contributed all the money that you're going to put into that into like rainforest preservation, that's probably going to do a lot more good. Well, or, or if you gave it to actual scientists, right? <laughs> that um, might help too, sure. <laughs> but it's like, let's take science into our own hands, right? And, they, they, you know, the, the, the whole goal was to study the ecosystem. And what, what's crazy to me is that it wasn't to, like, study the ecosystem and, like, you know, change the, the world's trajectory. It was pretty much like the world's done, like climate change is going to we're going to die. So let's be let's figure out how to do this in Mars or somewhere else. Yeah. Without any affiliation to NASA or a government <laughs> or any sort of sanctioned science. No, Noble intentions. <laughs> Noble intentions. But like if you do if you do come across funding like that, like why not be like, OK, cool. So we have this great idea. Let's Let's like pull in a few experts. You know what I mean? It's right. Like that should be, yeah, the first move <laughs> and second move. No, first, yeah. let's hold auditions. Yes. Um, right. for, yeah. for the expert role. For first, the expert. let's get a piano player. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell are you doing? Now, in fairness and in their defense, and I'm, I, I watched Spaceship Earth. I really liked that yes, documentary. Great I don't documentary. know if you guys saw that. No, I've but, only been on that ride that's in Epcot. <laughs> <laughs> Different, but go on. Uh, but I, they did employ the help of scientists, researchers, yes. etc. Some okay. at the beginning of it, but then as things sort of got, went downhill, which I guess we'll get to more so, they started calling in. Um, it was much later. And, and, and the, 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 the big thing, now these were not, like dumb people these were you know harvard john allen was a harvard grad these were educated um smart one might say smart not non-scientists and accomplished and accomplished they you know the big thing was that they they built they decided they were this is even before the biosphere they decided they were going to build a boat and sail around the world and the one girl uh, she was like 19 she was like i think i can do it and she became the architect of building this boat and it did not sink when they, <laughs> they did build the boat and it didn't sink and they did sail around the world so they like figured it out and then she eventually was ended up being the architect. she's like well i built that boat let me be the architect of biosphere too and that wow. what she was the architect so it was like a, a, a culture of like doing at learning by doing mm-hmm. um so but also giving up on the planet right i mean isn't the whole thing founded on the premise that we're already done for and this is what we need to survive the apocalypse that's what it sounds like to me i mean mm-hmm. a part of it yeah i mean so this is according to the daily beast the synergists which is what they call the 
called themselves uh, the 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 group John Allen's group funded all of these efforts by accruing capital through business ventures with the help of Ed Bass, the billionaire heir to, yes, an oil fortune. So there's a central contradiction at the center of what the synergists were up to. They wanted to revere the uh, the revere of a sustainable culture, culture, but without the work of revolution. In fact, from what the documentary Spaceship Earth shows, all the synergists were all white and seemed to come from fairly well-off backgrounds. Not surprising. Not surprising. Uh, I wonder how how much of this is like, you know, this group that started in the late 60s, which this very revolutionary decade and like how much of that, the energy of that decade was like in their roots. And then this project doesn't come on, come along for another like 20, 30 years. So like the, how much of it like just didn't translate by the time they actually got this big ambitious kind of, potentially revolutionary project on the ground. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I wonder. I mean, hmm. I, I I think we we should also like discuss John Allen because he is the mastermind behind this group. He's the the leader of the group. In the in the in the 60s, I guess by 69, he was either 40 or in his 40s. So he was an older guy, and they all kind of looked up to him. And and when you you watch this documentary, you do get the sense that there is like a little bit of a cult vibe. Sounds like it going on. And from what it seems, it didn't it didn't come off as like a super dangerous cult. You know, I feel it wasn't like I don't I don't think that they were you know taking care, uh, advantage of of the women in the group i don't think that they were you know they had some plan to you know do a mass suicide or a- a- any kind of uh, of thing like that but there were like these it looked like it, it attracted people who wanted smart people who wanted an alternative lifestyle and were just amazed by this leader this very charismatic leader mm-hmm so, I mean, I mean, I mean, I think you can put up John Allen, right? Yes. I mean, because what we're talking about here is the biosphere too and, w- you know, what went wrong and why it didn't, why it didn't succeed fully in its sort of like attempt, right? But I mean, the, the group to me, there, there was no, uh, to me when I watched the, and maybe I'm sort of brainwashed by this documentary, but the, the, the everyone was just down like no no there was like no complaints up the ladder no that's why it's not fair to call it a cult yeah like it was it was a group it was good vi- it was actually good vibes cult you know? yeah <laughs> if there's a biosphere three i'm kind of down <laughs> wait wait sick. you just turned so quickly <laughs> yeah i don't know i'm just kind of into uh futuristic shit and uh i don't know i'm 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 with it. Yeah. So this is just a little breakdown of uh, John Allen. This is according to Newsweek. Biosphere's mastermind John Allen, a poet, a playwright, and metallurgist with a Harvard MBA, has spearheaded a number of dubious international ecological projects, including a Santa Fe commune, a concrete-hulled ocean reserve vessel, and an environmentally friendly hotel in Kathmandu. Some critics accuse him of running a cult, a charge Allen denies. Mm. The Daily Beast said, It's clear that Allen's strength as a leader is what motivates his group to achieve such incredible feats, especially the construction of a working yacht that sailed around the globe. But it also appears, it's also apparent that there's not much much room for anyone in that vision beyond those he chooses. 
Yeah, sounds super culty. I mean, especially the boat <laughs> part is like Scientology uh, ish. Oh, like yeah. So that there can be, I don't know. It sounds like they can be in international waters in case you know the heat comes. Ooh, that's very alarmist. Uh, that's a very alarmist way of thinking. Mm. Thank you, Ethan. We like that. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, I'm fitting right in here. Yes, you are. And and so so I agree. Let's put John Allen up on the board. Definitely. But then I'm like, this is a quote we found from Steve Bannon, which is love him. By the way, <laughs> surprise, surprise, he's involved. Yeah. Just <laughs> what a twist. This dubious thing. Yeah. If you're trying uh, to prove that your group is <laughs> is chill and has good intentions, just throw him in the mix. Well, right? well, he came in after, <laughs> and he's actually very anti Allen. He says John okay. Allen is to blame for this. I kicked his ass. That's Steve Bannon's quote. Well, yeah, and the Bannon what? Bannon comes in only later when um, John Allen and the main money guy Bass have mm-hmm. a conflict, and Bass brings in Steve Bannon to kind of uh, see if they can monetize this biosphere because I guess the science of it wasn't really going that well, and and <laughs> so where <laughs> surprise so surprise. Money. So how do we put a Panera bread in here? Yes, exactly. <laughs> this kind isn't of. working out. McDonald's. We need three McDonald's and like 10 Starbucks. Yeah, quick. We're bleeding money. <laughs> I just don't get like, for me, it seems like a fool's errand, the whole thing. It seems like really self-serving, like they just wanted something on their resume or like legacy. Like, because even if it works, right? Like, okay, so you created... With billions of dollars that you could have done a lot of good with, you instead created like a big home for you and other elitist rich people that can survive if the world isn't around anymore. So what? Like we right. kind of know that that's possible. You didn't really, you know what I mean? Right. Like it sounds what? like they're inventing a small town where just people, the farmers yeah. farm for the village and the baker bakes for the, it's like, so you yeah. just, we just went backwards a little bit. You yeah. invented a small <laughs> invented town, town with walls and a roof. We have those okay. already. Yeah. You well, invented a gymnasium. This is, I mean, I'm glad you're, we're, you are discussing this because uh, I feel like we should put pseudoscience up on the board. Oh. And, and it's, it, it goes with what you're saying, Ethan, which is like the, the uh, theatrics of, of yeah. this scientific, feet. Um, in, in the documentary Spaceship Earth, one commentator called the project, quote, trendy ecological entertainment. Another commentator distinguished the difference between conducting a science experiment and simply embarking on an adventure. <laughs> so yeah, two very different things. And I got to tell you, you know, a lot of scientists get very aggravated because it's really hard to get grant money for the stuff that they want to do. And it's like, what they're doing is vital. A lot of it, you know, stem cell research right. and, and right. somehow they can't get the funding for it. And so the fact that these people can just, because they have friends that are rich or whatever, mm-hmm. do this huge experiment that takes years and has no real purpose, if you're asking me, is really aggravating. It shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, I agree. And bear with me. Here we go. Newsweek 91 says... Critics say the project is more showmanship than science. Uh, To date, the largest enclosed ecosystems have been the size of baseballs containing only algae and shrimp. I don't think it's extremely well designed, says Frank B. Salisbury, a University of Utah plant 
physiologist who works on NASA's enclosed systems research <laughs> of the eight biospherians who will inhabit the ter terrarium, University of California, Los Angeles, gerontologist Dr. Roy Walford is the only scientist of any repute. The rest of the team are mostly young neophytes, some of whom have worked on other Allen projects with no controls on the experiments. Any result they yield cannot be scientifically validated. <laughs> I mean, mm, big, that's, big, that's a big part. That's, okay. That's tough to hear. According yeah. to LA Times 1994, Biosphere's Independent Science Advisory Committee, a group of eminent scientists, had been recruited in 1992 to bolster the project's scientific credibility. By January 1993, the science advisors had decided that Alan, Augustine, and other local managers were a fundamental part of the problem, not part of the solution. They are making mistakes and they don't even know they are making them, <laughs> one committee member said. Allen criticized the science committee as a hit team, quote, hit team from the establishment. <laughs> okay, uh, almost done here. The New York Times says, as a piece of scientific research, Biosphere 2 had its problems. Countless things were happening all at once inside its walls, making it hard to pinpoint causes and effect. And without any other biosphere to compare it to, there was no way to distinguish random flukes from mm. significant patterns. Mm. The University of Arizona scientist Bob Fry summons it up well in a newspaper interview saying, it's an experiment, but only in the sense that life is an experiment. Ouch. Years later, nice. <laughs> biosphere participants would say that their mission was misrepresented as a scientific experiment, saying that instead it was intended to be a performance piece showcasing how delicate our environment is. Okay. Good cover. <laughs> So there, there's a couple of things that that conjured for me there. I don't know for you guys in terms of what to blame. Mm -hmm. One is science as hobby. Like s scientists mm. could do science. Scientists should do science, right? Mm. Sure. Correct. Should should the four of Agreed. us get together and try and do science? No, no. Maybe not. We, we should not be doing any no. science. Well, as hobby, I mean, you at least need to know, like there should be an instructional video or something we should watch before we do science. <laughs> Maybe go to college right. for science. Yeah, yeah, if we PhD. are doing science, <laughs> if we are doing science, though, I think it's fair to say like, we could say like, we know that this isn't real science. So do consider this a performance piece. It's us performing the that, act of right. doing that's, science. That, that's the other thing yeah. I was going to say was the labels. Maybe yeah. we can blame labels here because you got to put a big fat label on the front of your biodome that says this is just a show. Yeah, I, let's put that and, and experimental theater up on the board because that's <laughs> what mm -hmm. this is. <laughs> or like, yeah, well-funded experimental theater. Because for me, I, you know, I'm out for blood here on this podcast. And <laughs> hell yeah, I just want to blame like really rich people that don't know what to do with their money. Mm. That that Everything that you're saying to me all relates to that because it's like, Anybody, you know, like like uh, uh, you were saying, uh, uh, Chris, if we wanted to do science or if we wanted to do an experimental theater or whatever, there we would just do it with the little things that we have. We'd mm. grab a lighter, we'd grab a bong and use it as a beaker. There mm -hmm. wouldn't be a lot to mess with. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like no one should give us 
$5.5 billion <laughs> no. to make a biosphere. Like, that should never happen. It doesn't make sense. Or, and I also somebody... want to give props <laughs> to the writer who used the word neophyte as like a diss. I love that. Yes, that was tough. <laughs> you know like, what this reminds me of? Do you know, do you remember in like a while in New York, um, there, someone was doing, uh, in Times Square, they were like putting themselves in a box. Was it box? Was it Ikea that was doing like a David promotional Blaine? thing? Yes. Where you live there like for a whole week or something. Yeah. It's like, give someone a thousand bucks and like have them do that instead of this. <laughs> that makes way more sense. I didn't know about that though. I got to look that up. That's cool. <laughs> it was just called tiny living. Now. Tiny it's living. Just, yeah. Right. Well, yeah. I now think it was everywhere. called something like that. Uh, but, but, uh, it, it also conjures for me, um, Elon Musk and, uh, SpaceX as well as Bezos, like just going off into space. Right now that's fine like he can afford it and it's like a hobby and it's like okay we're proving out space tourism i guess but that money can be better spent that's the question should he be should they be able to afford that should you be able just afford those kind of crazy things let's put corporate greed up on the board because right or capitalism uh, big time the original biosphere 2 team would claim that ed bass the texas oil billionaire who financed the project corrupted the project by focusing on profit this is, a, again, according to Newsweek in 1991, Biosphere 2 looks more like a theme park than an R&D site. The gift shop in a converted test module is crammed full of T-shirts, bumper stickers, keychains, playing cards, and books touting the virtues of biospherics. Biospherics. Visitors. Yep. Scientology. Some, <laughs> yes, oh, my the God. The origins. Visitors, some 650000 to date, pay nine ninety five for tours and will soon be able to peer into the terrarium itself watching the Biospherians at work. Plans wow. call for building ecologically sensitive RV parks and an environmentally correct golf course on the site, such as the dis- much to the mis- dismay of locals, Se- uh, says neighbor Tom Norbit. I'm not sure I want Disneyland in my backyard, even if it does stress ecology. L.A. Times says in 1994, in a written response to a reporter's query uh, several years ago about the theme park aspects of Biosphere, Ed Bass said, as the uh, accusatory claims that this is Disneyland, it certainly is. It would be a waste to be doing this without giving a means for people to access it. Besides, tourism is a significant source of revenue. Billionaires only want money. Mm. They love it. And they have it. That's the thing. They They have have it and they want more. That's what's crazy to me. You have billions of dollars. I'm I'm actually okay with that as long as we have a bunch of other stuff taken care of already. Like if there was no homelessness or hunger or, you know, like healthcare costs to people, then it's like, okay, now that that's all taken care of go fly your spaceship to wherever the hell you know but that's a good point it's like mm -hmm. they need a a list of um you know like an order of what requirements to be a billionaire this is what needs to be in place in the world (laughs) before you go to to the moon before you go to space check off you know world hunger homelessness great i love this list (laughs) i mean these they can do it it really wouldn't be that tough for them to just like take a real, you know, a percentage of their, listen, I don't know about you guys, but what I'm paying in taxes, if I had that percentage wise billions of dollars, I mean, let's just tax the hell out of these guys. They won't really notice and then give all that money to health care. Yeah. I mean, I mean, pay for just, everybody's college. You know what and we should tell them? Your- 
Biosphere. is like, these aren't taxes. Don't worry. It's going toward a biosphere. And then they'll be like, oh, yes, here's a billion dollars. <laughs> good idea. <laughs> and then just like secretly just use it to, you know, you know we're going to put your good. name all over the fog desert. Don't worry. <laughs> they're like, oh, cool. They're like, oh, you know, yeah. You know who could pull a scheme like that? Who? A very creative experimental theater troupe, guys. Mm. Yeah. Maybe Let's give them money. Start it. Okay. We have to talk about oxygen. <laughs> we must. Oxygen we must. issues must go up on the board. Not only did oxygen levels drop, affecting the health of the participants, but it led to the biosphere installing CO2 scrubbers and pumping in extra oxygen, which contradicted the initial claim that the biosphere, too, would remain sealed for two years. <laughs> Okay, so this is according to the New York Times in 1993, oxygen levels within the miniature world of Biosphere 2 in Arizona have dropped more than 28% since four men and four women were sealed uh, inside. Project leaders expecting the decline to continue have made arrangements to pump tons of pure oxygen into the 3.15 acres of glass domes if the eight inhabitants of the 150 50 million experiment begin to languish. The mystery has attracted in, uh, increasing scientific interest, and one theory is that the oxygen is being removed by a reaction in the soil. The oxygen content of the biosphere air is now equal to that found in an altitude of about 12,000 feet, mm. twice the height of Mount Washington in New Hampshire, the highest peak in New England. By volume, nice. the amount of oxygen has dropped to about 15% from the 21% at sea level. So uh, this Great. is how they described it. It said, it felt like mountain climbing, Nelson recalls. Some of the crew started getting sleep apnea. I noticed I couldn't finish a long sentence without stopping and taking a breath of air. We worked in a kind of slow motion pace with no energy wasted. Oh, God. If the oxygen levels had dropped any lower, there could have been some serious health issues. Once oxygen was added, so they literally brought in a truck to pump oxygen in, people started laughing like crazy and running around, <laughs> recalls participant Mark Nelson. I felt like I'd been 90 years old and now I was a teenager again. I realized I hadn't seen anybody running for months. Wow. Schmucks. <laughs> Absolute schmucks. Hundo right? percento. Right? That's ins Wow. So, that's yeah, that's tough. It, it was hard to watch that in the documentary, the part where they were really, like, tired all the time. Yeah, and, and, and we haven't even talked about uh, the, the food issue. I mean, how they were literally starving to death because they underestimated how much time a day it would take to harvest and and grow food. So uh, the work time spent for agriculture and food preparation was higher than expected, about 45 percent. The Biospherians worked an average of 66-hour weeks, spending Ooh. less time than expected. <laughs> I think they spent something like under 10 uh, percent on research and data analysis. So only 10% of their out. time. The rest was like pure survival. <laughs> yes, can we they, breathe? Can we eat? Can we sleep without dying? The whole point is that they're there to research and they couldn't, they couldn't, they had no way of time to research. Um, I would have loved if this was a reality show, by the way. Right? Then I would have definitely been in. I think it is now. It's just called Survivor. Okay. <laughs> it's just an island instead of a biosphere. <laughs> exactly. 
That makes sense. Um, so they were just really hungry and exhausted and trying to survive. I, they lost an average of 20% of their body weight in, in the two years uh, that they were inside this dome. And at some point they just started, uh, uh, they, they couldn't harvest enough food. Uh, it's just the pl- poor planning. Uh, let's let me, put poor Let me planning. ask you this. Can I, uh-huh. can I ask you something? Yeah. I haven't seen this documentary. I, I plan to because it sounds hilarious to me. <laughs> but did are they coming out of this with regret? After this whole thing, are these people like like defending their actions or were they turned you know did you know they feel the like oh this the documentary does a good job of showing you their whole sort of scope of what they were about like they take you through the beginnings of this group and what their mo was and the biosphere mm. was a like a part of that so they mm. there's these scenes that of these people and they're much older now and they're sort of getting along somewhere in in the southwest american southwest just sort of enjoying their retirement i believe they all live in the ranch still I I don't think they feel like bad about about Mm. doing the biosphere. They're still drinking the Kool Aid. (laughs) I think I think that they uh, regret how they were portrayed in the media, and because I think it was much more of an experiment for them. And like they knew it wasn't a success. The thing, yes, the thing that happens with experiments is that sometimes like they poor planning is a really good thing to put up on the board. Poor planning. They started eating seeds, seeds that were meant to be planted so that plants could grow. (laughs) They were just like you know what we don't have the time we need to survive eat the seeds <laughs> i just um, like birds they're birds i guess what's frustrating to me is that like no one's forcing you to survive in these conditions you're not like lost in the jungle like you made right. all this crap right so you just have a sandwich <laughs> yeah just order some food and then like <laughs> you know what i'm saying and then rework your sphere I mean, they're they're lucky that this happened before postmates and doordash because it would have been too easy. It w- <laughs> yeah. I mean, they called a truck for oxygen. I'm just saying, how hard is it to be like, <laughs> let's get a pizza out here and right. then maybe restructure our food zone? It's true. <laughs> well, that's hubris too. Maybe we got to throw. We always throw man's hubris up on the board to blame, and I think their hubris has a lot to do with uh, getting into a pickle like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I also want to throw up, and, and I know that we have to start knocking I want to throw up, list. too. <laughs> Sorry. Nice. Sorry. Nice. Um, we got to put, uh, I wanted to put anxiety cost, caused by a challenger disaster. Oh. <laughs> um, this is uh, New York Times. Uh, in 1993, Mr. Bannon was a long way from becoming a nationalist celebrity or president advisor. At the time, he was a Beverly Hills-based investment banker specializing in takeovers. Um, so, uh, side note, th- what he'd do is he'd come into a company and be like, okay, is this company worth saving or is this company worth, you know, let's just take it down um, uh, and, and, and uh, cut its losses. Seems like um, an easy job, by the way. <laughs> I can do that. It's just a personal decision. You're like, eh, I'll keep uh, it. Yeah. Jersey Mike's. We don't need it. it. I I was going to say keep it. You keep it. Okay. I enjoy Jersey Mike. Sorry, you're fired. (laughs) Maybe it is a tough job. (laughs) Uh, Mr. Bass 
tapped Mr. Bannon to overhaul Space Biosphere Ventures, which was hemorrhaging money. According to Mr. Bannon, Biosphere 2 would run a deficit of $16 million to $20 million in 1993 alone. By the time the first Biosphere 2 crew emerged, Mr. Bannon had decided Mr. Allen and the rest of the leadership would have to go. They were fired in April 1994, shortly after the second mission had begun. The purge is what spurred Mr. Alling and Mr. Van Tillo to break into Biosphere 2. Okay, these were the people who, bro- uh, Miss, Miss Alling and Mr. Van Tillo. These are the people who broke into the Biosphere 2. After they were arrested, Miss Alling tearfully told the press that they had been worried for the safety of the new crew. If Biosphere's 2 atmosphere wasn't properly tended, she implied they might die. Miss Alling cited the explosion of the space shuttle Challenger caused by negligent management. Quote, I take this extremely serious, she said. So, trying to get the facts straight here. So, they came, they broke in to make sure people were okay and got arrested for that? They did. So, Bannon okay. fires the, the, the leadership, the previous, the John Allen Theater group, we'll call them. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> they, uh, he, he's like, you know, they, they're not... Uh, managing this properly and all of a sudden the 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 people outside they had their friends inside the bio some of them had their friends still inside the biosphere so they freaked out about the new management and uh i believe what they broke was a a piece of glass that was um uh not not a large like a small smallish window in order to get oxygen inside and they did get uh 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 arrested and hmm. uh were were subsequently tried or, or charged there was a charge that uh stemmed I'm sure they got away with it <laughs> but right. they were saying that they they didn't trust the management and and sure, they blamed sure. it on the uh the previous challenger uh explosion what, ab- what about uh, someone who's not on the board right now who funded all this is this wealthy texan ed bass like does yeah. he bear Get any should she be on the board for yeah. funding this whole thing 100%. yeah and why don't we just throw Bannon up there too? I mean, Absolutely. it could be a. <laughs> yeah, when, when else? When else that? are yeah. we going to do it? Okay, so is there anything else we want to throw up before we start crossing things off? I think we're good. I think we're good. Um, okay, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and knock things off our list. Here we go. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Okay, who's to blame for Biosphere 2, is it? White hippie idealism slash delusion, John Allen, pseudoscience, poor labels, well-funded experimental theater, corporate greed slash capitalism, lack of oxygen, poor planning across the board, hubris, anxiety caused by the Challenger disaster, Ed Bass, or Steve Bannon. Can you see this board, Ethan? We can only pick one of these or what's up? Yeah, now we're going to do process of elimination. I got to go with these dudes. I mean, my I'm I'm magnetized to Ed, Steve, and John. <laughs> You're magnetized. <laughs> it just seems like how can we not blame them, these schmucks? No, I mean, look, Ethan, I get it. This is our brains always just want to pick the thing that we want to blame. But we have to process of elimination is tried and true. Okay. Um, so sorry. we have to start at the bottom. <laughs> He's apologizing. Right. I'm so sorry. I fucked up. <laughs> Let's start over. Let's start over. No, no. We we got to continue on. Continue on. Okay. I would say then the first thing we should get rid of is well-funded experimental theater because <laughs> that label in and of itself sounds kind of cool to me. If you guys told me I have an experimental theater group and we're actually pretty well-funded, I'd be like, I got to see that show. That sounds cool. What are we right. talking about? Laser lights? I'm in. VR? No, we're earth talking science. about... We're talking about... We're 3. talking about earth 1, 3.1 acres in the middle of a <laughs> desert with a huge... It's a huge biodome. And you're uh, like, is there seats? Can I watch it? Or how do I yeah, experience does, this theater? Right. You how don't. That, do you, you sell popcorn also? We, we do bad science. Oh, okay. <laughs> we, cool show. We die slowly and you <laughs> don't, don't watch. Okay, yeah. I think we can take that off the list. I also think we can take poor labels off the list... Sure. Um, that that's like so deep into this whole mess that you can't blame. The, yeah, the labels yeah. Are I don't part think the, the labels were the, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. the issue because I think that also folds into the pseudoscience of it all. I was gonna right. say pseudoscience probably the next one for me because that sounds like a fun hobby for people. If people are into ghosts, that's fine. Mm. Let them be mm. into ghosts their whole life. You know, maybe they'll find some evidence at some point, and uh, we can talk to a ghost. 
So then should it be <laughs> changed to like pretending to be a scientist or thinking anyone can be a scientist? That to me is hubris, right? right? It's like ah. going back into this idea that you think you can do what people who spend their lives studying certain expertise yeah. do. This hubris really... has more of a negative connotation to me than pseudoscience. Okay, so how can we infuse science into the hubris aspect? Mm. <laughs> sort of like combine those two ideas. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Like We're gonna, science hat? We'll call it the science hat. You think you can just put on a science hat? Put on scientist a science hat. Yes. You it's can't like just put on these anti-vaxxers. Uh, they think they yeah. can put on their science hat. Yeah. And, uh, Skipping education. <laughs> that's good you go. that's better you know? that's good. hubris slash skipping education skipping that's what that, we'll call that it pesky degree yeah yeah that pesky seven years of really hard work mm-hmm. we don't want to do that no. not doing seven that. years i mean you're talking about lifetimes these yeah. some of these people have spent their lifetimes dude are you Who kidding me in seven years i can make like four fog deserts <laughs> <laughs> By the way, in case you wanted to know what a fog desert was, it's a type of desert where fog drip supplies the majority of moisture. Mm. Wow. What okay. Is that? And it's usually up in up in cliffs, high mm. altitudes. Sounds this, cool. The, the okay. moisture kind of collects. Mm. It's so it's so awful ways. that the first thing that like rings a bell in my head is Zelda. I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's real because of Zelda. <laughs> oh yeah, like fog desert. I've been there. I've been there. That exists. So um, I think we can take lack of oxygen uh, yeah. because I yeah. think that was a result of the yep. poor planning poor and planning, the yeah. you know I agree. lack of I w- education. Yeah, I feel the same about the 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 white hippie or dirty hippie and hula hoop uh, of it all. <laughs> you know, I feel like that's also just you know I can't blame them for for who they that are. That could be folded into like dig. hubris and skipping education too, right? right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. They, but look, they were you know. idealistic. They had you know they had they had some good thoughts. Yeah, there's good parts to that. You yeah. know, Cat Stevens and weed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, no matter what kind of person you are, no one's immune to hubris. You could be like such That's a tight A, whatever, or the hippiest, dippiest, but everyone's got an ego. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except so, me. Who's except perfect? Except for Ethan. <laughs> except for the four of us on the podcast. Yeah, except for right. the four of us. Actually, <laughs> anyone who has a, huge, a podcast. I have a huge ego, so don't <laughs> put me in that group. <laughs> okay. Um, I feel like we can uh, fold... Uh, like corporate greed or capitalism into ad ed bass or or vice versa mm-hmm. i would How agree may- i think okay. the ed bass john allen combo they they're sort of like when those two powers combined mm-hmm. their captain planet so to speak is captain is- capitalism Captain Capitalism <laughs> exactly is this yeah. dodo bird who thinks they can just skip education and go straight to cash cow yeah. science experiment yep yep so then i i think we can take anxiety caused by this challenger and also steve actually steve bannon off the list as much as that hurts sure mm. he, he was too this is this was young bannon he, he came, was learning his well, dirty ways he came in late as like yeah this yeah mon- and guy. plus there'll be there'll be plenty to blame him for in the long run yes right. without, we'll find without biosphere too are we folding alan and ed bass into um corporate greed or or i think what, what? we can take corporate greed and that that folds into who they are right okay. bannon, yeah, will pro- bannon will probably go down as the person to blame for the end of biosphere one 
<laughs> when, yeah. Yes. Good call. When the earth right? eventually He's crumbles, on that list. he'll be on that list. He's on that list. Uh, I hope. I feel like it's insulting. I feel like it's insulting to the Earth to call it Biosphere One. Yeah, right. It's true. Earth's like, like, no, I'll name myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm good. Kind of known as Earth already. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I like my name. Um. So we uh, have John Allen up on the board. Poor planning across the board hubris slash skipping education and ed bass i i think the poor planning can also go because that that feels like part of hubris and skipping education yeah mm-hmm. yep. good call so we have to pick one person or thing to slap and one person or thing to send to the alarmist jail and here is what i'm thinking kick it i think we send Skipping education to the alarmist jail. Wow. Strong. I just feel like that has to, we have to send a message too with this. Yeah. I, I like mean, that. What are we doing here? And then I think we, we slap, we, we give John Allen the big slap and we don't usually do this, but I think it, this is a good opportunity for us to give the backhand to Ed Bass. To Bass. Okay. I like that because <laughs> it seems big of us. It seems like, we are uh, taking the high road by not just blaming a person and saying this is your fault, which mm-hmm. is a little more maybe elementary schoolyard, mm-hmm. and saying like, no, the concept of pretending you're an expert and skipping education and claiming you understand science, etc., that's actually to blame. And everyone who falls under that is a jerk face. <laughs> <laughs> well put. Really right. well put. Incredible closing arguments. I have no uh, notes on uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't getting no notes. So uh, I'm going to call it. John Allen, you're getting the big slap. Ed Bass, you get the backhand. Hubris and skipping education. You're going to the alarmist jail. What Ethan was trying to provide sound effects. I do love this part. Oh, of I when, was trying. When you do that because he was taking a stab at doing the sound oh, effects. Oh, oh, yeah. We have sound effects we put in later for this. <laughs> ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll just cut yours in though, because those are pretty. Yeah, legit. those are good. And that <laughs> ah shit was pretty good. If somebody gets thrown in the alarmist jail, that's a person. Ah can, shit. They can be like, do it. He could be like, ah shit. Ah shit. Well, Ethan, thank you so much for, you know, helping us get to the bottom of who's to blame for Biosphere 2. No, thank you for having me and for, you know, educating me on Biosphere 2. I had no idea about any of this. So it's really interesting. And now I have to watch this documentary. And uh, yeah, it was super fun. Great talking to y'all. Yep. I highly recommend the documentary. And honestly, it was a pleasure talking, talking back to you. Not, you know. Absolutely. The back and forth. The back <laughs> yeah. and forth. It was like a conversation one could say. <laughs> yeah. That Crazy. That's the word. Yeah. <laughs> After the shutdown of Biosphere 2, Columbia University ran Biosphere 2 from 1995 to 2003, using it as a research site and satellite campus. The University of Arizona later took over operations, and in 2011, Ed Bass officially donated Biosphere 2 to the university, along with $20 million for research support. An additional $30 million was donated in 2017. 
Though many scientists considered the original experiment a failure, Biosphere 2 certainly captured the world's imagination and sparked hope for what could be at the time. Since then, the dream of biospheres on Mars has vanished, and Biosphere 1, aka Earth, has been profoundly and perhaps irreversibly altered by climate change. you think is to blame by going to the alarmistpodcast.com follow us at the alarmist the on twitter at the alarmist podcast on instagram or email us at the alarmist podcast at gmail.com tune in next week we'll be discussing the spaghetti house siege of 1975 Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.